behavior. Do you want it? You're dying for it. Hello, hi. This is Almas reporting for the What Is This Behaviour podcast. We're back in 2023 and this is episode two of our brand new season. The What Is This Behaviour podcast is a show where three London-based South Asian creatives speak to other South Asian people around the world who are going against the grain. What Is This Behaviour is hosted by me, Almas Badat, Aaron Christian and Ruben Christian. We release an episode every other week and this week we speak to the forward-facing, uplifting and good vibe only Jasmine Sierra. Jasmine Sierra is an artist and illustrator well known for her vibrant palette, tropical imagery and through line connecting all of her different influences through her work. In this episode, Jasmine, Aaron, Ruben and I talk about how important it is to stay aligned with your values. How cool it is to come from a lineage of artists and creatives and innovators. And why ultimately Jasmine advises not to think too much about your end goal and simply focus on trying things out. This is Jasmine Sierra on the What Is This Behaviour podcast. What is this behaviour? Aaron's begging it, Jasmine. He's just trying to be, he's trying to... (laughs) Yeah, have you noticed that Almas and Aaron have come with your branded purple hues <laughs> to to create visual visual rapport? But I've gone against the grain because I'm the truth. It it's okay. I can see you've got a bit of orange on it. I do too. So, oh, where do you have the orange? <laughs> um, what's that? Like a choker or something? No, nah, it's a turtleneck. Oh, turtleneck. Oh, okay. oh wow. winter season. It's a vintage you know? turtleneck. Oh, wow. Precise. A, a vintage a, 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 a orange vintage turtleneck yeah have you, have you put that on to like create rapport with with the elders no <laughs> so you know no. the ones where you meet your uncle let me just dress up because i know i'm a lot older than you though so yeah i just no do you know what i i just love vintage stuff so i mean i'm sure we'll probably get into that in the well, podcast let's get into it but... now, man. yeah where, where did you where did you get it from a vintage shop Oh my gosh, I've had this for years since like, yeah, vintage shop, I think it was like online. It's vintage itself. (laughs) No, but it's like, yeah, no, but it must be like over 30 years old or something, because I'm pretty sure it's from like the 90s or the 80s or something. So, and I got this when I was in. Don't say it's old from the 90s, Jasmine, you're killing me. It's pretty old, you know, the 90s. (laughs) Oh my God, that means I'm old then. If I classify 90s as vintage. (laughs) Be the bearer of bad news, one minute 40 into a podcast, but maybe you've just realized that you're older than you think you are. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, nice to to have you on board, Jasmine. How are you? How are you feeling right now? Feeling all right, you know. I feel like I haven't done this in a while, so I feel a bit nervous. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a very long time. Is that intentionally, or is it just that you haven't come across something you want to do? Yeah, I feel like I haven't really come across something that I want to do, to be honest. Um, I've had, like, obviously, um, like, talks and stuff, so it's not like I've not done something like this before, but it's been a while since I've spoken about, like, me i guess so like yeah sick 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 well thank you thank you thank you and like that's definitely what we want to get into like talking about you your your backstory yeah for the listeners that aren't watching the video just to give you guys some aesthetic context here jasmine seems to be in some sort of room or studio and in the background is some very bright postcards some of which seems like her artwork um, and some books seem strategically placed to represent <laughs> uh, color schemes. So just to give you the vibe that Jasmine is currently residing <laughs> It's given like artists, artists in the studio. It's very much, I'm in my zone, you're in my zone. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to big that one up, man. Where, where, you, where are you? Yeah, I feel like I had to have this in the background. I was contemplating, should I just like sit with a play white background? That's boring, like... I'm an artist, I'm an illustrator, I've got to show, I've got to show that. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine, um, just like starting off the conversation and kicking off, um, let's start at the beginning. Who are you and where did, when did you first pick up a pen or pencil and think, this is me? Okay, so uh, like a lot of like Asian households, we grew up with like five different families in one house. So like we had our uncles, our aunts, our grandparents, 
and um like my family are really creative uh, I think more so musically so we've got a lot of musicians in our family um but also you know like the sewing and like um my dad used to draw my uncles used to draw and stuff like that they like photograph all the time like have um home photo shoots and stuff so growing up that's the stuff that we were like surrounded by and um I I think I remember like in school I guess um you know we used to come back and uh, my parents used to um this encourage us to use creativity in our spare time so we used to have like this uh old paint box but we used to fill it we had it filled with like uh color pencils and like pens and stuff and then they used to give us like collage books and like materials they used to buy us materials and stuff so we always used to be like you know creative at home um and also they encourage us to um take music lessons so i used to play the violin back in the day See, i did as well yeah i've been trying to like I need to get a violin because I really want to pick that up again because I think it's such a beautiful instrument. But like, yeah, like, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like my earliest memories. And um, when we finished our like pieces, we used to hang up on a wall. So the walls were like covered in like our artworks and like collages and stuff like that. So yeah, I think those are kind of like the earliest memories. And obviously I enjoyed it in school because that's something that I carried on like throughout the years growing up and like into university you know in college and whatever and um and yeah so that's kind of like where it began it's it's so good to hear that your parents got you into those spaces and got you exploring yeah. and experimenting and trying to do that stuff because when we reflect on my, my mine and Aaron's parents as well they done well my mom anyway my dad was just busy trying to keep us all alive but my mom was like go mm. to this go swimming go basketball go badminton go art class go youth group mm. and I think that really kind of got us it really really opened our mind at an early age so it's great to see that your parents done the same thing with you man yeah I think um you know it wasn't just me it was like my cousins and stuff as well like we're all very very like in that kind of like realm and like we support each other a lot because all of us kind of I guess have gone against the grain of mm. what like Jeez. you would usually be like you know see um but yeah like growing up when my parents were like do what you want to do do what you enjoy but as long as you can make like a living out of it mm. then you're cool like they didn't sort of like yeah make us do something we didn't want to do and I always knew that art was something that I was going to do are you yeah. and I could imagine Almas and Aaron have got some questions just one quickly before I hand over to these guys and their curiosity but are your parents themselves quite artistic? Did they come from an artsy background? What were they kind of doing when they were on the come up? Um, so my dad is. Okay. Um, my dad, he, I wish I could show you guys his drawings because they were really cool. Really sick. Like he's got paintings, he's got drawings, like super dope. Maybe I'll put them on this, on my Instagram story one day and like yeah. tag you lot. <laughs> but it's so sick and I feel like, um, but it wasn't just like drawings and stuff. It was, like I said, musical. So my dad he's like classically trained in um uh, like the harmonium and tabla he was trained by uh, i think his name's Ustad Dadi Khan i think he's like a famous like tabla player but my dad and his brother they both um took that on and and they had like this initiation process back in the day where they would like tie a thugga so like thugga means string in Punjabi but like um mm-hmm. yeah back in the day they used to do that and so i think um yeah that he that was his kind of his kind of thing um and then my mom I think she wasn't so creative but then I don't want to say that because I'm not too sure like I'm pretty sure she enjoyed like the arts and stuff but in terms of like actually carrying it on into like adult life she didn't I mean I think the way that my parents were both brought up it was quite different because my mom was brought up without um a dad so they had to go to work um quite quite quickly and then obviously Mm. that with my dad it was different um but it's funny because um my grandma my nanny my mom's mom so she (laughs) she used to record old like bollywood songs and stuff on the radio on cassette tapes and she used to cut (laughs) she used to cut out 
um, like pictures of like Bollywood actresses, actors and stuff and make her own cassette tape covers. And I just thought that, I was like, oh my God, that's so oh, sick. sick. Oh, wow. Original montage from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and like it's so joke as well. Some of the cassette tapes have pictures of herself, so she's got like cut out photos of her. It's so dope. Like when I saw that, I was like, in her future, man. Oh my god, it was like the best thing ever to see. And she's kept some of the um cutouts and she gave it to me. And then in university, I actually ended up using them and created like um collages using the Bollywood um magazine yeah i've seen i've seen some of your work and the influence that's so funny that it actually has like a direct story that comes from comes from the family man yeah <laughs> that was like the sickest thing i've ever seen because it was, it was so unexpected like i knew she did the recordings and stuff but when i saw the cassette tapes i was like i was like none of you i was like how do you do this and then she just showed me like whipped out this like a uh, plastic wallet full of like cutouts and stuff that she didn't use it was so sick I just, I think she still got them somewhere. Um, it's okay. How did she feel when she saw you using her work in yours? I'm not gonna lie, I don't think she's seen it. I don't think I've shown her it. Oh my god, that's a breach of family copyright, man. Jasmine, man, what's the IP? No IP considerations here, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh god, <laughs> just robbing from the older generation. <laughs> Oh, so jokes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was like in uni, so a good like 10 years ago. Definitely show her. I'd love to hear like, we'll see or whatever her response. And I'm sure she'll be really proud. I, I need to rip them out and show them for sure. But I've, I mean, I've I've shown her like, you know, all the work that I've done um, in the last like few years. Every time I like have a new project and stuff, I show her and she is like really impressed. But yeah, <laughs> that would be really good to show that. You know what is... <clears throat> It's so refreshing to hear that type of story. And I think one of one of the drivers for us to originally do this podcast was was to kind of not just show examples of people doing the work and kind of going against the grain, but I guess showcasing a different way of parenting or supportive parenting, right? Because the traditional story that we'd kind of ad adopt here is like South Asian parents, you know, they're not going to support a creative career because for a number of reasons, maybe because they're not in the space. But um, yeah, it's so honestly, Jasmine, it's so good to kind yeah. of show that example and 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 kind of see the fruits of what the, that kind of supportive parenting has, has produced, man. That is like, it's, it's literally exactly one of the reasons why we do this pod. So yeah, that is dope. Definitely. Um, well, you said that you did this in uni and you've been about, like, we were, just before we got on air, we were chatting about, like, who knows Jasmine and how do we know Jasmine and that kind of thing. And I was like, don't even know where we met, but I just know that when I've been out yeah. and when we've been in the creative scene, there's just, like, a set of um, familiar faces that you kind of see all the time. And you're one of those people that you've been about, like, doing your thing. And it's really nice to see that sort of arc and consistency and still keep on going um and now mm, like yeah. the south asian scene around the world in london as well but around the world is like really popping off like what what has your experience been from like uni times to now kind of being in it and observing sort of the growth like, i reflected my journey a lot um uni was hard like coming out of uni i mean uni in itself was difficult because again it's like You've probably heard this loads of times but being in like a creative space in university especially you're almost always or I'm not sure what it's like now but when I was in uni I was like one of very few a handful of like South Asians um <laughs> so like it was weird I mean I was quite like I was quite shy as well so I found it quite hard to integrate with everyone um but what uni did you go to um LCC did you stay in London yeah, yeah I stayed in London okay. um I actually did my foundation is CSM and then went into LCC and I definitely preferred LCC over CSM. <laughs> so for our international listeners, that is uh, London College of Communication and... Uh, Central St. Martin. Right, I think, actually, let me let me say that, Ella. I'll say that confidently, like I've got it. <laughs> no, 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 that's right. Yeah, London College of Communication. Yeah. yeah and Central St. Martin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, uni was a weird space and I kind of found my feet like towards the end of my three years and then coming out of uni um 
so sorry let me take it back so in university um my last one of my last projects was um uh looking into like hip-hop like portraiture and stuff like that and that's kind of where i started painting and kind of found like something i was really like that i really loved and then coming out of uni i didn't really have a plan like i didn't know i didn't see myself going straight into work because i felt like I think it was just a confidence thing for me. Like I felt like I wasn't confident enough mm. to like go into those spaces. Um, so I thought, okay, let me give myself like a few years to like, you know, gain the confidence, maybe learn some new skills and just see what happens. Just like, yeah. And then I ended up going straight into retail and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, yeah. We've all been there, man. We've toured the whole of Oxford Street between us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where was that? What was your first job out of uni? Where was that? Gap. Come on. Gap, gap, gap. And, <laughs> yeah, and I was like... <laughs> Wait, which gap? Which one? Which one? Is it Oxford Street? No, there was one in Wembley, actually. The out- it was an outlet. Oh, Wembley okay. outlet. But still Gap. But like... <laughs> and I always say, when <laughs> when I was in Gap, yeah, I was like, okay, Kanye West made it. So there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. I was like... What do you mean Kanye West made it? Kanye, wait, wait did he... Sorry? Did he used to work in Gap? Wasn't there a song that he Sorry, talked about he... being in retail? Wait, Kanye West used to work in Gap? Yeah, he did. Remember? Oh, yeah. shit, dog. I yeah, can't you remember that. Ruby on his first album, College Dropout or whatever? And then he's there's a track where he's talking about yeah. like, <laughs> the manager. I remember, I remember yeah. He was, well, yeah, I, I remember he talking about that. I didn't know it was Gap. Yeah, it was Gap. <laughs> Mo, the, Mo the Comedian, Mo Gilligan used to work in Levi's in Carnaby, really? I think. Yeah. He goes, if my manager insults me again, I'll be assaulting him. After I fuck the manager up, I'm going to short on the register up. Let's go back, back to Gap. Look at my check. Was it no scratch? Yeah. Oh, I was shit. Like, Mass has got the lyrics already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mass is doing the karaoke. It's the Masioki. It's the Masioki right now, man. Producer, yeah. note that. The Masioki. We're going to come back to that. Yeah, all right like, so yeah you were in gap and you thought you know what kanye made it so i can i knew that you know whatever i do is gonna like take some time i mean with anything great things take time but like mm. um not what does making it mean make what though in your head at that time what was the thought process just like being able to make a living out of what i love i didn't okay. really have like a solid like idea i guess i just wanted to do what i love and um Throughout the time when I was in retail, I was there for a good number of years, but like I'd always come home and I would just paint, paint. I had no end goal, but I just used to like paint just purely for the passion, purely for the love of it. Mm. And that's kind of, I guess, what kept me going like throughout that time. Um, And then in that time as well, actually, I was part of exhibitions and stuff. And I think that came through by sharing my artwork online and at that time i think instagram was starting to sort of like have a bit of a momentum and like loads of different creatives and artists were sharing their work it was it was like there was a small creative community at that at that point yes um but i think more so more so like in america like you saw i used to like there was a lot of artists that i met online um that were for america and we kind of made this connects and then i actually ended up going to america oh, wow. went to california um and you've actually um been on a podcast with salvin yes. so he's one of my friends and i've seen i've known him for years um Sick. so i went out there and um yeah we just had a few exhibitions out there and stuff i didn't go for the intention of the, like solely for the exhibitions but it was more so like you know just because i love california <laughs> um but that was a sick experience um and then coming back i was like oh my god like out there is so cool like the creative community um but then are we talking about the south asian creative community out yeah. there or just the creative community yeah, okay, yeah the south south asian asian community. Community. but then also i think in the future we'll really look back at instagram as one of the key players in connecting artists and oh definitely yeah yeah, and now as I speak to more and more creatives, I was speaking to um, another one of our guests, an artist, Mahanila. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking to, to her the other day and she was talking this kind of the same thing that you just said, Jasmine, which was um, people really 
are and want to and were putting up their art mm. like instagram has was and should be really like a visual art place where you can go and find photographers artists right. visual artists um because it worked really well before as Res- an archive as a database of yeah. creative work mm. yeah um so yeah i was just thinking more about timeline so you met you met salvin before and then you went to california in 2014 and then this is where you started to meet the American South Asian diaspora who were also yeah. creatives. Yeah, and then um and then coming back, um I guess it was like this like boom. I don't know what happened. Like the then you know, all these like London creatives started like popping out and then we had like I mentioned, we had like the exhibitions and like, you know, those creative communities sort of coming together. Um it was just it was just sick and to see like how far and how far we've come along since like you know 10 years ago yeah it's crazy like it's actually crazy but then i guess everyone was there but it's things like instagram that made us connect connect with each other and also before instagram tumblr yeah i was about to say but i didn't know what era you know (laughs) you 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 were in but i presume because i remember from sorry to cut you off but i remember my experience tumblr was definitely a much bigger player for specifically like visual Mm. artists like illustrators like yourself and and photographers and um Mm. before before instagram really i think instagram kind of adopted that and then kind of connected the dots in terms of actually putting a face behind the artist because i felt tumblr was sometimes a little bit anonymous and that that kind of worked it was. That worked really well for some people and then others it, it didn't so instagram added this layer of connectivity i also felt like tumblr was tumblr was like laptop and instagram was mobile yeah um, i don't yeah. I, I don't remember being on my phone that on much tumblr. on tumblr yeah, yeah, yeah true but certain yeah but i don't think they had the apps was, back then though i don't think they had a tumblr didn't. app no 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 yeah, i don't think so yeah it was definitely wow. and i used tumblr actually for my very first website so i feel like <laughs> that was like my yeah, yeah portfolio but, early portfolio yeah 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 early portfolio so my god very nostalgic you know what J- jasmine as well also you said earlier on that um like when you were at uni you were quite shy when it comes to integrating socially, right? Yeah. Was there was was there any anxiety or worry or fear or concern when it came to first putting your art out there, even though it was online? Because that is still such a vulnerable move for any any creative, right? How did that feel? Honestly, I don't remember feeling any type of way. Like I felt really kind of like excited. I guess it was like a new thing for me to do. Um, Again, like I didn't really know what what could come out of it, but I was just sharing it purely because I just wanted to share my artwork with everyone. Um, okay. I didn't feel anxious or anything, which is weird. But then again, like I feel like that's my safe space. So I feel like in terms of my art and stuff, like I'm always going to feel comfortable with. Um, well, most of the time, I'm pretty sure I've had moments where I felt like a bit anxious to share certain pieces mm. of work or you know not even just work like words um Mm. but now I was excited because this was like the beginning of everything so you know there were no expectations there were no nothing it was just sharing it yeah no expectations I love that we mentioned that in a past pod podcast right there's so much power in not having expectations like on ourselves and put projected onto Mm. us as well and the reason I asked that Jasmine and I'm so interested in those moments right those really defining moments of literally coming out let's say as an artist to the world is because with a lot of the workshops I do with my kind of dream rehab stuff that's the biggest block for most part people right like there's so many and I think in the South Asian community especially there's so many of us that are creative and we're talented but I think there are a lot of us even those that are regular listeners to the pod right that have this capacity or have this skill but they're unable to push past that little confidence block or courage block to actually get it out to the world so it's good to hear that people like yourself that is that has been doing this for a little while also navigated that because i still navigate that when it's when the art form is new and i'm trying something new the fear starts all over again and Mm. i have to get past that and put it out and i think mass and aaron we've talked about this a lot whenever we're doing the new stuff so yeah man thanks for sharing that no, I feel like it's almost like a thing where because of how open I feel people are now, like, I feel like everyone's quite open with 
a lot of stuff on like online in terms of you know the things they're going through how they feel but as in, in the creative community everyone's going through the same thing like and it makes it it's a normal thing like I feel like before I guess people were really talking about it now people are in like I guess in a more sort of like mental health kind of way as well I kind of wanted to talk about that element and I don't know if you said just a few seconds ago I think I could have misheard but I think you used the word words in your work like I've written down here for me um what I get from some of your work not all your work but like you have I guess text and type and words being very integrate like integrated into some of your illustrations and work and I get from it that it's really uplifting and motivational and warm and bright where does the from from kind of like a word perspective and a language perspective where what inspires you to create those slogans or those um those kind of like yeah what like play on words in posters and stuff is is that an element sometimes of you kind of speaking to yourself or is it always driven from a place of trying to educate someone else or is it perhaps a bit of both like what drives you to create those slogans um so so with like the typography stuff um i started this like i would say around like five six years ago um and it was just literally a way of so i write my journal a lot um and each piece like i don't planned pieces like they just mm. come to me like and a lot of the time each of the typography like the, the quotes and like the words that I use are usually from like what I speak about in my journal so they are mm. very like personal um I guess when it comes to like like I want my pieces to be like you said motivation I want them to be uplifting to people <clears throat> and that's kind of like the aim of my work like it's not just it's personal but like I want it to be able to like you know touch other people in a way that that I don't know that's that's like positive and that's like you know joyful because I I feel yeah. like yeah because I feel like I've been through in terms of like mental health like I've had you know periods where it was difficult and art was obviously my way to sort of like escape that and um, especially actually writing in my journal so like creative words create yeah creativity but in words and my journal was that outlet as well and I kind of just like integrated the two because those are the two things that I really love and I journal like every single day without fail um that's so good as a practice isn't it yeah. as a ritual they're so mm so important but words are so powerful and and I and I realized that when I was going through you know when I was going through that therapy and like you know having those community those those talks with your like therapist but not just your therapist like you know your friends your the people that you're close with um like communication and having those conversations is probably the most important thing ever and um that's kind of why I do the work that I do like typography wise like my personal work and yeah that's kind of where it where it started sick um I'm, I'm gonna say a fun fun fact here so i don't know if anyone knows this in the room but when we were first putting the pod together and we're starting to kind of work on on the identity and the branding like the colors and and stuff has really been like kind of inspired by by your work and when we was thinking of like the branding so like pink and yellow and the cyan color and stuff i was looking into like vintage bollywood posters and then like also just indian signage and those colors kept yeah. kept kind of recurring and, and popping up and i kind of wanted to nod to that but not in the obvious like desi font right because I, I just thought like i don't know the, the typical kind of like white yeah. we white western lens on anything south asian will be like chuck this fucking font on it <laughs> it's just like and i wanted mm. us to be a little bit more considered and modern but still nod to it in a really i don't know like maybe someone with a design or illustration background could be like ah okay cool they got that but yeah just just all to kind of say that your work as well was a huge kind of like Thank reference you. point oh um for kind of putting our brain in together and, oh and that kind of joyful element That's man amazing. is sick 
that's it. Come on, God. Thanks, guys. I'm touched. I'm truly touched. <laughs> yeah, man. T- take the gas, man. Take the gas. Take the gas. Oh, oh. Inspiring, inspiring. You know what? I wanted to speak about, like, you mentioned earlier, um, your influence from, or the project that you did at university with hip hop. And it feels like there's been like an overlap with your work and the different sort of arts and industries around. Yeah. Um, and you also, I think there was a project where you did a mural with, in Shoreditch. Um, was, were, and I guess like my question is in terms of your art and your illustration, um, you're sort of 10 years in, like where do you see sort of your your work style of work on its like grandest scale like beyond you like where do you see that going oh my god um it's kind of hard this is a moment of manifestation this is it yeah um i would love to like do something like I don't know, like a basketball court or like something oh, like or like a basketball, basketball yeah or like a basketball stadium or something like um or like I don't know do something on a building or I don't know collaborate with like scale. a huge like yeah but even going into like um you know fashion design and stuff so like working with different you know fashion houses and like so I, I was recently I hosted um, and facilitated the Design Packaging Awards Festival, Pent Awards Festival, right, a couple of months ago. And one of the guests who was not literally on the stage because they were hidden behind the stage and they were digitally pro- projecting themselves was an artist called Felipe Pantone. Do you, do you have have you heard of him? Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll send you links no, later on, but it's just interesting to watch his journey, right? Because like yourself, he was well, he started off actually on street graffiti. And then the brand started hollering at him and he started to get like a load of brand collabos like you're doing. And then he just went on to start painting hotels, oh, yacht, stairs, yachts, you know. Yachts. This is it, man. You know what? I, I just thought yeah, if there, like, we used to, early days of what is this behavior, we used to talk about what would it be like if we had a tour bus? What is this behavior tour bus? And we went on. Add that tour? to the list, Jasmine. If you to paint that bus. <laughs> And in that bus, I don't know, there could be DJ decks. Almas might be on the decks, but we'll just tour. There might be a roti shop in there or something. But to paint that bus and just roll around, that would just be so nuts. <laughs> and knowing us, knowing us in the That's, future, that would be, be insane. Knowing us, yeah. Do you know what would work here is an ice cream van, but painted by Jasmine. Oh, my God. And then you could do pod like podcast episodes, but through the hatch. Aaron, I remember during this time when you were ideating the logo and stuff, you were also looking at the the trucks, the vehicles, right? And I said signage, but the way that they're all sort of um, decorated, not just in India, but across Asia, um, that would be such a vibe. And I could totally see your your illustrations and colour schemes and artwork all over that stuff. Oh my God, we're manifesting a future collab. Yeah, that'd be wicked. That'd be sick. That was a goal, actually. It was a goal to like, you know, go out to like the motherland and do stuff out there because obviously my work's progressed since like the Bollywood posters and stuff. But that was like a major. I mean, it's still something that I would love to do. Um, I wouldn't know how I'd approach it now. Oh, was it? It's not like I haven't. It's not like I've just left the Bollywood poster series like, and that's it. I'm not gonna come back to it. I feel like there's still elements of it that I still sort of like use in my work. It's just a portraiture side and like. Don't know, but that design sort of element and the color, the colors are like the, mm. you know, all of that is, is still kind of like in my work. You kind of see it. That's like an evil. Like we can literally see you evolve as an artist, right? Like and 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 especially like. So th- there's two questions. I don't know what I should start with, but. I'll, I'll get back to, I'm going to name this. There is a question that I want you to answer a little bit later on, which is what is, what is the one thing you will never illustrate on? So you can have a think about that <laughs> when I get back to, but I did want to make this point of, um, or a point and a question for, I guess, um, the kind of evolution of, of, of you as an artist. So from what I know, um, uh, from working in advertising, like, an illustrator when you kind of like you know you're 
you graduate and you kind of like enter the industry um often your your work traditionally before was like in magazines and kind of working with brands and stuff um what was the route that you took when you kind of first graduated did you even know what the possibilities are because this last 10 minutes we've just been talking about oh you can illustrate on you know yachts and basketball courts and stuff like that and I think often when someone's kind of thinking about the direction of going into illustration um they can be maybe limited to thinking what the possibility is so there's a lot of questions in here but like when you graduated what was that like for you that kind of path did it was it more traditional in terms of working on graphic design and illustrations with magazines and stuff um and if it has evolved how how did those opportunities arise and yeah um okay so i because i was painting at the time my vision was like i want to be in galleries i want to be you know touring the world i want to do this i want to become like a proper artist you know um but then again like you said like evolution like you know each year brings something different everything you do everything you share like the people you meet you know mm. different opportunities are coming at you like all the time and honestly I had no idea so I mean I have that illustration background but I also have a graphic design background so I was like I was a bit of, I was kind of mixed up like I, I didn't know my passion was painting and illustration but then I was like maybe I should do graphic design like how could, could I somehow intertwine both of them and I guess that's what kind of happened like further down yeah. the line. But I didn't really have like, I didn't know where I wanted to end up, to be honest with you. Like I just kept doing what I was doing. And then eventually I started using more sort of like digital, um, sort of tapping Tools. into digital art. Yeah. And then from there, I guess um, that's when sort of like the brand collaboration started happening and like, you know, working with, on all these like different projects we have been quite varied actually I feel like there's not one project that's been the same as the other um and yeah I don't know that kind of just opened up like so many possibilities and and did did the brand collaborations did they come to you so you were just literally putting your art out and they started hollering at you yeah and if they did how did you negotiate fees and and contracts and all that kind of stuff as an oh artist that hadn't done that before started off Honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. But then again, like you learn as you as you go. Um, <laughs> in terms of negotiating fees, I'm pretty. I, I definitely didn't negotiate enough. <laughs> but then I feel like everyone's kind of been in that boat. Um, and yeah, you just kind of learn as you go. <laughs> um, but then I did get sort of like help from like my mom and dad. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? But then also I reached out to people in the industry that were like older than me or like have had experience. Um and then yeah, I guess throughout the years I just kind of learned off of not just my experiences, but obviously other people's like advice and things like that. And now I have an agent. So I don't need to yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. Don't really need and to like did they approach you? Yeah. Uh, do you know what, Jasmine? I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Know. you it's so like much. because it's really it's really hard to get brand collaborations. You know, I can imagine there's a lot of artists, regardless of their discipline, that would love to do some of the stuff and have some of the collaborations on the credit list that you do. And then also, there's a lot of artists again, regardless of discipline, whether it's performing, front facing stuff, illustrating and whatnot, that would love an agent. Mm -hmm. So to hear that your work has attracted collaborators and an agent is just testament to the quality of your work, so but also to, 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 to your work ethic, you know, and the authenticity you have around just being process focused, because it, on this occasion, you focused on process and the outcome has taken care of itself. Yeah, thank you. It's all about the love. It's honestly, it's all about passion. And like, you know, if you're consistent doing what you love to do, then I, I feel like you attract like that goodness, you know? Yeah. um yeah I don't know it's it's mad it's it's been blessed honestly like how have you found you just mentioned having a good heart how have you found navigating the creative industry the business industries with bringing your your heart to it and have you been like oh actually I don't know 
that environment yeah. is good for me or I don't really feel safe here or actually that person doesn't have a good heart how do you navigate those parts of the industry honestly like I'll never go for something that doesn't feel right you know even if it if it's like you know a sick opportunity like if it doesn't feel right to me or like genuine then I just I, I just wouldn't do it like I feel like you have this sort of like intuition within you like your gut feeling and I feel like you should always feel that um and most of the time like actually almost all the time like I don't regret my decision like even though it could have I don't know could have taken you to like another level or whatever I feel like I've always kind of moved that's with like honesty and like integrity like I just yeah I like honestly like that's just me but I don't know it's it's mm. a crazy industry um, but I almost feel like I've just been in like a bubble and I've blocked out all of that um, and I'm literally just like in my lane just doing what I know works best for me and what and what is good for me yeah. like I, I I kind of just yeah it, it feels I, like you are that's so so amazing to hear Jasmine and it feels like you've worked and spent time working on yourself as a human being yeah. first or consistently anyway and and then you have yourself as an artist and and those two's kind of like benefit from from each other um to kind of go back on your point of of always going with your intuition and and your gut um and to build on that uh, there's there's a question that Ruben has and then my one and I'll combine it and it's what has been like the most ridiculous request that you've got and then what is the one thing you will never illustrate on? So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is like... Um, Someone asked you to do, like, tattoos on odd body parts. And you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> I have been asked... I've been asked to, like, design tattoos, but I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I I'd, feel get, like, I'd get a tattoo. Yeah, I've never... That's, is that I'd a commitment? A because that, that, that stays get, with you. like, a, um... <laughs> like your signature like palm trees or like something like that that's like definitely you i would yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah palm trees i got a palm tree necklace i won't know that's in like the vintage it. Wait, where is it oh god oh, here it is hidden away oh, i was in a palm tree necklace yeah oh i'm a yeezy hoodie oh, big up gap <laughs> originators do you do customization <laughs> on vehicles yeah. and the, the reason i ask is i've got oh ruben's um, got his ask here. i mean i'm not going to ask directly on live you, air but you're I'm, doing it i want to start customizing <laughs> this I want to, I, I'm, I'm, thinking yeah. about, I'm thinking about potential i'm thinking about potentially customizing the motorcycle right so it's currently in its stock colors um, oh, and I'm thinking about where what designs could look like on the tank and and whatnot. And I'm just asking some talented designer friends, including you, if maybe potentially in the future you might be open to thinking about how you just might create art on a motorcycle tank. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? okay. Instantly, when you when you spoke about motorcycle tank, it reminded me of yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not West Coast yeah, customs, yeah, yeah, but they used yeah. to be um, that pro- ride. What's pimp, that program? Oh, pimp my ride! Like, so it was a motorbike one. Yeah, yeah. Was it exhibit? No, it was that. No, there was with, another. Um, there was another one. No, but there was another one in America, and no. it was all about motorcycles. Oh, sick. And they used to do like. Yeah, they used to do like the pinstriping and like. So, so is that a yes? You that think that is possible? Or, within I, your I feel like set? someone's doing that. <laughs> just one little palm. Just give me a palm. Oh, yeah, tree 100%. A black tank and white palm tree. That's nice. Okay, sick. All right. So, it's a good That looks sick. Come on, guys. Yeah, it would. That would actually look sick. <laughs> Aaron and I are not debating the fact that your designs aren't, aren't going to look good or not. What we're laughing at is the fact that Ruben is clearly doing the ass, but not I'm doing the ass, but the doing waters, the ass. Man. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know what? You Having like a, a Jasmine Sahara, Sahara, am I, Jasmine Sahara, am I saying Sahara right? Ooh. So it's actually pronounced Sierra. Sierra. Okay. Okay. Sierra. Ah. Cedar, yeah, Cedar. But, I mean, yeah, but you know, nah, nah, nah. There's no doubt. We've we've got. Yeah, exactly. There is no. I yet. know. I know. Cedar. Not yeah. on. Not on a brown podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Jasmine Sierra. Okay. Um, I think that you know your... what's so mad. I mean, so this is gonna take a bit of a tangent, but like my surname, um, so my great granddad spelled it S I R H A, and then my granddad spelled it S E R H A, and then like my parent, my my dad and his brother started spelling it S E H R A. It's just crazy. Like I, I don't even know this S E H. That's why, because I was thinking that. H is before yeah. the R, and I was like, so actually, it was the other way before. So the original spelling is actually S I R H A. So like this family tree is mad, basically. <laughs> Innovators all over. <laughs> Do you know what? Jumping realms of questions. I've got a really light one for you. Um, Do other artists ever bring beef and want you to lose some teeth? <laughs> And, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of other illustrators out there. Do you ever have people saying, you know what, that colour scheme's a bit similar to mine or that typography's a bit similar to mine and they're like, ah, that uncomfortable conversation. She puts that good energy there. I think that's what it is, man. I've never heard... Jasmine's no, had the greatest run. Anyone... I'm just saying, <laughs> you've had a nice run. You are best. You've, have you had it, have have you had it the flip? But people have used oh. your... your um, like you've um, seen something like, that was a bit like mine. Oh, I thought you were asking her, has she tried to... I've had moments. <laughs> Have you played you your rice beef? No, I've had moments <laughs> where I'm like... <laughs> no, but I feel like everyone kind of has those moments. You know, when you're so precious about your mm. work and you see something that's so yeah. similar, you, you do start to question it. But then also, there's so many artists, there's so many illustrators in the world. Everyone, I feel like, is like true. inspired true, true. off each other subconsciously. And it just kind of like, you know comes out in the way well, yeah. I, I'm just like whatever again I just do my own thing I just try to block it out because it's all about yeah. good vibes yeah. it's all about good energy I love and that definitely it's, it's really need, it's really you know? um inspiring to really say like actually I'm in my own lane and like this is what I'm doing and I'm going to concentrate on that yeah it's so it's so refreshing and we know it and you know it's it's, it's just I don't know if I hear it all the time. I don't think if I hear it from other people saying it all the time. And it's evident in your work. Like, you see your work and you know it's yours. So soon we're going to see Ruben's motorbike and we're going to know it's painted by yeah, Jasmine you're just gonna, no, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You might just see the little palm tree somewhere. Just little little nods to the yeah. community. That might be an idea. You know, you know when someone gets a sleeve of tattoos on their arm and they're just a whole heap of different stuff? But do you know the... Um... You said something, Almas. Um... Ruben, man, you're throwing people to train a thought off, man. This is guy's just babbling. I don't know, but another idea has come to my mind. Welcome welcome to our life, Jasmine, man. Jeez, imagine our team meetings. Imagine the team meetings. I want a number plate. WYTB 101. <laughs> How much would that Ruben's on another planet, man. Like, I don't know what's going yeah, on yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> oh, man. He's on a different oh, podcast. Sorry, Jasmine. I've just started customising my bike in my head. <laughs> Jasmine, you're inspiring me, man. Do you know in university, and I feel like a lot of people can probably relate, like, I used to see people that had like a niche, like a particular style. At that time, I didn't. And I was like, oh, my God, like, she's mm. going to do bits. Like, I'm, I used to compare myself a lot. Um, and I was like, I had three different styles. I just love doing everything. And I think that's mainly because my... Um, art teacher back in school she used to she used to be like you know try different mediums do this experiment with everything like you know and um that's just something that's always been within me and I think even now like you know I haven't just kind of just done typography but I've kind of branched out into other mediums and like you know and I guess in a way it's kind of it was like a natural sort of like branching out when it comes to niches I feel like not to think too much about your end goal, but kind of just exploring what you love doing at that moment. And I feel like that's what I did. And it just helped me sort of, you know, test out so many different avenues and like, um, you know, ways of doing something that it kind of benefited me and like empowered me and allowed me to create in spaces that I might not have been able to had I not you know, explored and experimented with all these different things that I did at that time. That's amazing. You gave yourself the permission as well, right? And I think that that is so true for so many different kind of artists. I'm, I'm, I have kind of like, I've started to hire a few more people for my company and I also do mentoring. And it's like in their early stages, I'm like, you should be, and, and I'm specifically talking maybe about the industry of film and, and commercial filmmaking, but it's like, 
go go like do lighting today or figure out a bit of cinematography or even the boring stuff like go do production and then when they when they say production and they turn and look at our face it's like honestly you need to do the production because you can see how to cost things up and and so many different things of like looking at your art from here but then seeing it from here and here and here and here and here and here yeah and for those that are listening i'm i'm kind of you know, visually what i'm doing is like saying you you can look at something from so many different perspectives and then you start finding where you're really comfortable in and then where your strengths are as well um that's amazing but it also makes you like a well-rounded great 100 you know you see yourselves from all those angles and you're you know you have these like skills and stuff so it's important i feel um I feel like all the skills and, sharpen each other they like yeah they yeah really do. and every time i revisit let's say film after i've done a dj set i'm listening to i'm editing better because i'm listening to the sound mm. more because i've learned how to listen to music mm. and it's just there's just yeah. these connections that i just never could have anticipated by being so curious yeah i think that's the joy of well for me anyways the joy of being a creative of, of of discovering the thing that you never knew was was possible like these endless kind of possibilities yeah, but exactly. yeah like not in a like an overwhelming way but like oh oh shit like this is gonna this is something now that i can add to my toolkit to try to make something mm. in a more interesting way i kind of had this question based on this so like you're you're about evolution you you you've you've kind of explained that you're very your early days allowed you to kind of be really open um in how you evolve now i guess with instagram being one of those kind of catalysts to help you grow and you know i don't know how people feel about this but i'm pissed about their algorithm change and pushing stories and and, and videos and all of that have you started to think and plan in terms of like Will you be like, what are the other areas that you're keen to maybe explore still within your style? Like has, has motion graphics been something that is on your mind in terms of like still keeping the brand of Jasmine going, but evolving it in a, in, in, in a slightly different way or, or is that not on your mind? Like, um, so I actually started dabbling in 3d art like, <laughs> oh, months ago during the summer. Um, and yeah that's something that i definitely want to sort of like continue metaverse stuff um, yeah so 3d 3d paintings in your yard of jasmine sarah's stuff dope yeah <laughs> Start shooting that. um but like that 100 percent um i i know like i have skills in like animation but again that's something that i'd love to sort of like work on a bit more as well um again it's like yeah constantly learning new skills and also also kind of like riding the wave of like the times like what's going on right now like what's you know what's happening right now and kind of just making sure you're on like and I think that's always something that I've done like I don't want to be left behind like I want to I want to know what's next like I want to learn what's next I want to learn what's gonna you know I don't know what's gonna be in the future kind of thing um but also it's not just like graphics um I started doing makeup (laughs) graphic liner in the pandemic and um two years later i'm doing workshops with like pinterest and i'm doing like bits for ugg like it's just crazy like how you know one thing that you just don't know where like something is going to take you honestly like i just did it for the love of it again it was like a passion project that i did in the pandemic just because every day i've got the wing liner and i was like i need to elevate (laughs) this let me just experiment and i saw that you know try stuff out and yeah and that's kind of where it like where it took me and i think with anything that's such a such a great example i think Mm. oh sorry mas go 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 uh literally no hold your question though because it's not a question mine is just an idea i actually can see you having like a collab with them with a makeup brand and having like a paradise yes like have like a pack of like liners because the thing is yeah come on <laughs> but like um in terms of like the liners and stuff i'm always looking for liners that have really good pigment and are like that that mm. pop um knits yeah. do like good ones but if you were like these are the liners that i use i would buy them because i know that you're looking for like good color good products that you i know that it's going to be quality so please do that yeah. and i will be buying my <laughs> i have been <laughs> manifesting this for a long time i've i feel like it's gonna happen. It is gonna it's, happen. It's gonna happen. Hundred percent. It will happen. I, I think with anything, like I always believe that you know, if I have a certain goal in mind or like I want to achieve something, it's gonna happen. Like 
it will i don't care how many years it's going to take but it will happen yes i think you should experiment with bald heads as a canvas <laughs> for, some of, for some of your work because i think there's a massive oh opportunity well, Ruben, are you just telling her to I stop making just... dow sims now then or something what that's good yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's it, i think it's prime real estate for young artists look look at this man that is a smooth head though you know bro. it's smooth you know <laughs> Colours will pop on this. Also, there's loads. I'm not calling you an uncle, Rubes, but there's loads of uncles <laughs> in the South Asian community that could probably oh, do yeah. with. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was going to mention my dad. Yeah, there you go. My dad's bald. Side hustles are real, you know, Jasmine. And sometimes a side hustle will trump the main hustle, and that's the actual journey you want to go on. I'm just saying. I mean, those are like two words, honestly. Yeah, it's true, um, man. I'm out here. Yeah. No, I'm just saying the Paradise Pack. I'm saying the. Ballad. I don't know. The ballad, the ballad. <laughs> what, what's your plans then for 2023 moving forward? Um, my God. So, in a creative sense, um, I don't really have any solid like plans, but I'm gonna continue just with what I'm doing. Um, I'm actually working some projects at the moment, which is gonna take me into 2023. So, um. I'll just be working on those but like I said like each year has been like honestly such a surprise like I I, yeah. I don't know what what next year is going to bring but all I know is is that every year has been so different from the last and I'm looking forward to it I'm excited and also I go engaged yeah I know congratulations. Like so, congratulations congratulations yeah thank you oh my god are you going to design your wedding I'm, oh my god what as in like like yeah, the color schemes it's, 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 and like just it's gonna oh be yeah, sick <laughs> yeah i i have like ideas but hopefully next year as well like that would be the year of the wedding maybe fingers crossed or the year after but um but yeah that's so exciting i'm sure all good possibilities things. well if there's anything that's on any specific i don't know industry or itch that you wanted to scratch um yeah, send send us you know send us your ideas. I think like between me, Ruben, and Almas, we've got a wide network, and if we can help make an idea come to life by a couple connections, then yeah, yeah thank you, hundred um, percent. Yeah, definitely more type, definitely more event work. Mm. Um, and that's another thing as well. Do you know when you're a freelancer, a lot of the times you're just at home. Like this is this is my works place this is where i work this is where all the projects happen this is where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, your, your room or your studio or your room this studio? is my room studio, your studio. Your studio. hopefully one day a, a studio but um Rudia. yeah my radio <laughs> but um oh again i lost my train of thought this happens to me <laughs> too often is me. this is me oh Sorry, my god <laughs> yeah also yeah ruben's not helping like they're both of you together because ruben's going off somewhere and you're like going along with him and then you're like where was i <laughs> no it sounds like it's going to be um an amazing transition into 2023 i'm so excited to see where you take your art and it's really nice to Thank i think if there's, if there's yeah. a takeaway that i've that I have from you, it's actually the more you tap into your intuition and your gut, the less you you have to really plan. You know, you you know, things are just gonna continue moving in the direction you want them to because you're taking those steps and they always feel right. Um yeah. yeah. So yeah. For for me, for building on Mass's thought there, what what my biggest takeout from here, let's just listen to your whole story, Jasmine, is that you're constantly staying authentic to your creativity and your vision. And you're producing and you're creating those those works and then everything else is emerging off the back of it. And it's quite aligned to kind of like our ethos with the pod, you know, it's like we don't know where we're going to end up, but we're just mm. going to do the things that we feel we're connected to and are important. And yeah. let's see what comes off the back of that. And I think that's a great way to live and work as an artist. So yeah, big up yourself, man. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah, it's like the, the only thing I know, I think. Um, and yeah, that kind of stems off like you know trying to find my feet and like just you know at times of you know, feeling sort of like I don't know, scared or whatever like I'd always sort of like hide away and do my own thing and I feel like that's something that's just progressed with me but in a it's kind of like matured over the years if you know what yeah. I mean like it's I'm no longer that like shy girl but I would still 
I still stick to my like comforts and the yeah. things that bring me joy and serenity within. So I love that. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and sharing your time as thank well. Thank you for having me. It's been, been great, awesome. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Oh man, I really expressed so much joy and laughter in that episode. Speaking to Jasmine was such a dream. It was so nice to hear Ruben chatting about how he wants a tropical tree on his bike and uh, Aaron also being inspired by Jasmine's work as well. I love the point that Jasmine made about sharing inspiration and how creativity is a thread of subconscious, so we're all really influencing each other. That was really nice to hear. Overall, Jasmine's trust in the universe and not necessarily thinking too much about what's in the future, but still staying true to her own aesthetic, her own identity and what feels good seems to be the way to go. That's my take home anyway. I hope you enjoyed listening to the What Is This Behaviour podcast with Jasmine Sierra as our guest. Lots of love from myself, Almas, and Ruben and Aaron. And we can't wait to bring you more brilliant episodes this 2023 and beyond. What is this behaviour? Do you want it? You're dying for it! <laughs>